Welcome into the Sayer Auto Group podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside Chris Sayer. Got a couple special guests, Connor Wallace and JD. I actually don't know his actual name. Bradley. 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 JD Bradley Bradley from Zurich. There we go. Yeah. So we have a great podcast for you today. We're going to discuss. uh, We also have Jaden on later to discuss his success over at Nissan, highlight a few of the things that he's done, go over some key numbers that we've gotten off to in August, and then discuss the importance of reliability both in work and in your personal life and how they tie together. So it'll be a great episode. We'll have that for you next. Perfect. So Chris, I wanted to kind of have you go over any of the numbers that jumped out to you from any of the stores, all stores, whatever kind of caught your eye. Yeah. So I looked at a few numbers just for the dealership group. Uh, for this podcast, just kind of tell you guys where we're at, kind of how we're tracking overall. Um, so far, we have sold 58 units as a group uh, month to date. Last year, we were at 56 units, so we're ahead by two. There we go. Yeah, That's good. There we go. Dubs. Kind of interesting breakdowns uh, for each of those. In the prior year, we sold 61% of those new, 32 were used, and 7% were leased versus this year's August, 69% new, 24% used, and 7% leased again. Oh, so it's kind of interesting that number is okay. just dead on flat. So. Yeah. And keep, keep in mind, we do have a lot, I think we have a lot better leases right now and promos for those. So maybe we need to look at that category and, and start making sure we're penciling both the buy option and lease option. We, we should probably see a little gain there yep. with, with all the new lease promos. Um, I want to shout out the finance team. Uh, looking through these numbers, it just really stood out to me that they've, they've been busting their butts to hit their goals and make strong increases. Um, they've sold 13 more service contracts than last year, month to date. So just in this month alone, you see a huge boost. Um, Zurich Shield and also Windshield were up almost 100% versus last year's August. So we're like, (laughs) these categories are boom. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. Looking at the pen level for those service contracts, it's 60% this year. And last year it was 39%. So we've definitely made some strides there. I'm proud of this finance team. Connor, you're part of that team. We appreciate your hard work. where front gross is down a little per deal. These guys have tried to make that up on the back end. And they're, they're a key part of that as our team. So year or month over month from last year to this year, uh, they've done an average of 2149 uh, on the back end this year versus that 1649 last year. That's great. So they've gone up exactly $500 per deal on average. That's huge for, for everybody. That's um, putting in the work. That's putting in the work. <laughs> putting in the work. That is something to be <laughs> that's proud showing of. up. More money in your pocket. <laughs> and just to give you some, you know, looking at that front growth side, we're down from we're down uh, about a thousand dollars. So fifteen seventy three this year. Um, last year was twenty five seventy two. So wow. we were squeezing a little more front out, a little easier to you know get people to pay that price. Uh, we're having to get deals done and, and move vehicles. So. Where that's given a little, our finance team has picked up the back end. So I, I guess that's my point with that. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you for your hard work. There we go. Jeff Finance. That's all I got for stats. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. I uh, 
I guess the, the, we've talked about a few different things, you know, positive negativity, building relationships, uh, and, you know, with JD from, from Zurich, mm-hmm. I want to talk kind of just a little side tangent about how they've been able to improve. And I think if correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole idea of understanding their numbers, knowing where they're weak at, and then being humble enough to work at it. Is, is that what you'd attribute the success to and, 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 you know, with other stores that you've seen as well? 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> putting in the work, like I said a second ago, is 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 showing up for the right reasons. It's making sure that we're approaching every single deal deal as if it's an individual deal. Um, but yeah, knowing what it is that you're selling, knowing how to do your job, being a professional at your job, um, and and again, putting in the work, role playing, making sure that these things become second nature uh, has been massive for this finance department. And again. Everyone sh- is showing up and they're, they're doing the things that successful, they say successful people do what unsuccessful people don't want to do. Yeah. But they're doing the things that unsuccessful sales man or finance managers don't want to do. So no, I think it boils down pretty nicely. Carl, have you seen that yourself? Like in the last year has since been implemented. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, there's just more, a little bit more training. And then obviously, like you said, the role playing and then knowing your numbers and knowing what you're selling, just all the product, just kind of keep going, keep training, always constantly doing something, taking the time every day. Cause we have a lot of time. That's just downtime just to maybe take 10, 15 minutes a day, focus on one product or one thing you're struggling with and just kind of hone it in a little bit. It's definitely helped. Well said. Yeah. And all around, I think our sales team and finance side are, are better integrated. I think you guys have done a good job of getting involved on the floor, yep. helping close deals, helping the salesman understand what exactly you do in your office. As and I mean, it brings those big clouds of like mystery away from those deals. And I think it helps them perform as well. So I'm, I'm proud of you guys for that as well. And I think that's probably key is just getting more integrated, supporting each other, being more involved out on the floor. So yeah, it's amazing what being a team will do for right. the best interest, <laughs> right. you know, as individualized as it, it may seem. But, uh, you know, it's like the whole idea. I feel like sales is a lot of way of like the individual sports, like whether it's golf or, you know, tennis or whatever, where you do compete individually. But if you have teammates that when you go to practice or pushing, you know, they're giving you tips and helping you out in the weak areas that they're stronger in. As a team, you'll rise, which, you know, inevitably raises everybody else as well. Yep. So, and like, and like Chris said earlier, sometimes it's important to have that individual that can carry the team. Yeah. You know, like you were saying with front end grows versus the, the back end side of things, you know, when those transitions or the market dictates that that's happening, who's going to carry the team, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who will shoulder that responsibility? I love that. Yeah. And those guys came in big on that, on the back end, just doing all these things to get better. It's, it's helped us keep the performance level pretty close to last year's overall as far as profit goes so yeah that's and and coming from a golf background like i i know that probably more than anybody as far as the individual aspect golf's an individual sport let's be honest but in college you play it as a team yeah so you take four of your top five scores in collegiate golf and you know looking at it from an outsider's view you think there's no like there's not really a team game here uh, but when our team was in good harmony and pumping each other up and you'd see a guy on one of the holes and he just made a birdie and he's pumped, you, you want to show up for those guys and, f- and for that grand total at the end to be as low as possible, obviously in golf. But yeah, even in a very individual process, you, you know, team effort and help and support each other can make all the difference. It, it's brought our, it brought our team many times to higher levels just 
helping each other psychologically or, or whatever it was. But yeah, it made you want to succeed and perform for your other guys. It's kind of this similar here. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect kind of segue into like the broader topic that we wanted to talk about when, when we, you know, dive into reliability and the importance that that plays into, you know, your individual life as a salesperson, because no one wants a teammate that's uh, quote unquote unreliable. It's probably the, you know, in my opinion, one of the worst uh, traits that you can have as a person. It's uh, when you have, when you're dealing with someone that's unreliable and and kind of volatile and you're not hundred percent certain what you're going to get, it can, be stressful for, for you. It can be stressful for the team, um, and cause, you know, everyone quite a headache. And so I guess opening it up, um, and, you know, experiences that you guys had and the importance of reliability, uh, just, you know, whether it's personally and work things that you've seen, uh, how it carries into people's lives. You know, I look, I looked up the definition of reliable and the definition of reliable, it says consistently good in quality or performance, able to be trusted. Money. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I, and I thought about that. And as, as you listen to this podcast, I want you to think uh, to yourself is how, how trustworthy am I? What are the qualities that I have that communicate to other people that I'm trustworthy? Right. Um, reliability. I think everybody in life would, would say that they want things in their life that they can rely on. (laughs) Whatever that is. Like, I mean, if my refrigerator is not reliable, We got a problem, <laughs> right? We got a big problem. And so I think that, that that reliability word plays a big role, not in just what we do um, in our automotive industry, but what we do in our own personal lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think it ties into, I think that the unhappiest that I've ever been in my life is when I had a schedule that was more chaotic than was set in stone. And, and I think when you, if you tie it into personally, one of my favorite quotes when it talks about work is you can't fill from an empty bucket. And so if you want to have an overall happy life, you can't be one, not doing things that are fulfilling you. And so I think one of the biggest tenets becoming reliable is making sure that your boxes are checked, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, like all those areas. Because the thing that I've seen in people that are unreliable when it comes to a work life or even in their personal life is that they just have so much chaoticness, if that's a word. I don't know if it is. 100%. Listen, uh, let's run with it. Rolls. <laughs> chaos. It's in my dictionary. Yeah. Chaos yeah. ensuing in their life, it, it plays over into that. And so then you never, you know, never know exactly what you're going to get. And so I think making sure that whether, you know, it's, uh, you know, healthy habits in, in sleeping and in going to the gym or reading or just things that make you happy, like those things are going to play a vital role in your ability to come into work and be mentally engaged for what it takes to, to sell vehicles, which can be an awful lot of emotional and, you know, mental damage sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, like JD mentioned how it kind of ends with being trustworthy. The more you gain the customer's trust, the more they can rely on you. And then the kind of more, you know, credible you can get with them their family members, your coworkers, anybody that they may know, get more referrals from them. Um, so, I mean, reliability is a one is a great thing to start getting more from your customers is to get their trust and just be reliable for them. Be there for them. Answer any questions that they may have. Even if it's one that they've asked a hundred times, answer it 101 times. Uh, if they come in and say, Hey, uh, I'm here to get floor mats, you know, make sure you are here for that or if they're coming in for any accessory needs or anything that is you know you know it's gonna be your day off or you're gonna be gone make sure you're here or you know somebody here that can take care of it 
So that way they can rely on you further down the road. Yeah, because I think the whole idea is like, you see how many times salesmen they sell a used car and then they want to never, yep. you know, the, t- mm-hmm. the customer is toxic and they don't want to talk to <laughs> yeah. them. It takes one time for the customer to call in on a on a service question or on an yep. issue they're having with their car, and you as a salesperson not getting back to them for that trust to be completely broken. Yep. yep. And now that customer who had a great experience with you will now not come back to you because yep. you didn't help them or were reliable in that situation. Yeah, it's all stuff. that's all our worst worst nightmares when you sell a used car and. You're just waiting for that phone call. Hey, my car's broken down. Well, and more importantly, who are they going to tell? Everyone. Right? Yeah. Right? Like (laughs) word of mouth advertising is your biggest source of advertising. And so if you come off as not trustworthy or reliable, guess who they're going to tell? Maybe not everyone, but they're going to tell the people that matter in their life. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It it really boils down to me. The word reliable is being able to deliver what needs to be delivered when it needs to be delivered. So, you you know, being punctual is a big part of it. Are you there? Are you responsive? Are you uh, delivering whatever service or goods or your ear, maybe empathy at the right time. And, and I think about the guys on our team that are very reliable. If I'm asking something of them, it's very prompt back, like the response, and they're knowledgeable about the subject I'm asking. If they're not, they know how to ask questions and find those solutions. Process is a lot of what makes you reliable. So if you're not doing the trainings and understanding the product and understanding your sales process, it's hard for you to be a reliable salesman. For instance, if you're you know, a husband or whatever, you, and you've obligated to pay the bills. It's, you know, if you can't show up to work and get those things done and deliver that, you're, you're going to be unreliable. Your wife, you know, looks to you or vice versa as the person to, that will fulfill those commitments or those expectations. So, yeah, it's just delivering what needs to be delivered when it needs to be delivered. Oh, man, I, I hope think. Tara's not listening. <laughs> That's bad. Put that on mute, that last yeah. part. You I, cut that out. <laughs> I, have a fun, like, I have a funny story from college. I always thought of my grandfather as very reliable. Um, he, I think he showed up for all of us like when we needed it the most. And he, he did know what to deliver when. And, and hearing stories from Rick and my dad of, of scenarios of him working with customers and stuff, he just had a great perception of what was needed and when to deliver that. And when I was in college, this is a little bit irrelevant, but it just goes to, uh, it's an example of his reliability. But we, me and my friends decided that we were going to drive to Mesquite, uh, Nevada, and go play golf and gamble. Um, we weren't sure where we were going to stay. We had no plans. We thought we were going to get a hotel. <laughs> For whatever reason, I can't remember, we could not get a room. I think they were fully booked. And we didn't really want the story to run down the grapevine from my grandparents to my parents and other, like, get us in trouble, essentially. <laughs> so <laughs> we hit like 2 in the morning. We end up showing up on Ron's doorstep. And we're thinking, we've got to find the spare key and get in the house. Well, it turns out after making some noise and stuff, my grandma is actually home. We didn't know that. And she ends up opening the door, my grandma and grandpa. And they're like, what? It's Christopher, you know? (laughs) They just welcomed us in. It's like I said, it was like 2 a.m. Welcomed us in, you know, got us a little bit of food, let us stay there. And uh, they never told my parents that story at all. (laughs) So they were were reliable in every aspect. I I just thought that was a funny funny situation. They they provided what we needed when we needed it. They're very cool that way, but.
You know, and I think uh, kind of something you brought up being the process, it reminds me of a quote uh, that I've read recently, where it's the person who enjoys walking will uh, walk farther than the person who enjoys the destination. Yep. And essentially just talking about if you fall in love with the daily grind or the daily process, ultimately, even if you, you know, because a long time in life, it was always about I need to set a goal or I need to set like an event so that I'm motivated to achieve it. And then once it got, once that happened, okay, well, now I, I can rest on my laurels. I don't need to do anything from here. And so if you look at it from a sales perspective, I want to sell, you know, 15 cars this month and then you do it. It's like, okay, well now what? That took a lot of energy, took a lot of effort. Uh, I can take it easier, a little easier this month, you know, whatever the case may be. When if, if you fall in love with the daily process and the things you have to do to be successful, uh, then you'll, you'll just over time become super, super consistent. Obviously another word that will tie in with reliability and your month over month performance will just start to be able to stable and, you know, everyone will be able to look at you. That, that guy's a 15, 17 car month yep. guy. Like he rolls out of bed, he comes in, he does this, this, and this. And that just happens for him because he's developed a process that's very consistent for, for what he's trying to achieve. I love that. I love that. With something you actually hit on earlier, Zach. Um, and I think maybe you were trying to convey this a little bit too, was is what are the things in your life um, that you have to maintain balance in that will help you be reliable mm-hmm. Right in your everyday life. So uh, I looked up something that's called uh, creating a life balance wheel, and the the categories were on this. I just pulled this up on what's called E Classroom online, and the categories says relationships, family, health, social life, attitude, career, finance, and personal growth. So if you think about all those categories, if I was to rank myself, where on that wheel, and let's say that the outside of the wheel is perfect balance going towards the inside of the wheel is a little less balanced. If I looked at each category and I ranked myself on where or how balanced I am in that category, if you become unbalanced in your life, sometimes can that affect your reliability? Absolutely. Right? And so it's, I think it, maybe it's, it's good to mention that taking a look at those areas of your life and maybe you feel a little out of balance in and find out what are the things that I need to do to get back into balance because like I said, that can affect your reliability. Have you ever had a salesperson where his personal life affected his reliability? <laughs> yeah. All the time. I, I will, I've been that salesperson. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think we've all been there to a certain extent. So just, yeah. a, just a thought to consider. No, no that's good. That's no, no I, I, I agree with that. You know, and to practice, you know, trying to make that will circle, whole, whatever you want to talk about, it, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take time management and Probably accountability too, because you're oh, going to yeah. have to sit there and look yourself in the mirror and be like, look, whatever I'm doing is not working and I need help and we got to figure out how to get this done. No. And I think what, what's always so funny about when you talk about like really any topic that goes into <clears throat> the balancing the will, but like personal growth in general is how much you talk about how less stressful your life is, yep. you know, that's it. Because there are times, whether it was when I was doing door to door and I made promises to customers or when I was selling and vice versa, then I'd be on my off day. I'm like, I really hope they don't come in because I know I didn't get that taken care of. I didn't get that tied up. Uh, I really just hope they come in on Friday when I'm back so that I'm there to handle it. But I don't want to call them because I don't want to deal with it today. Let's just hope they forget about it. 
And then they never do. They always end up coming on that time. And so it's very stressful to live like that. And it's also very stressful if you're not hitting, obviously, the goals and the sales that you want to, because as part of like that will balance, if finances are out of whack, then there's probably nothing as stressful as that can be. Right. And so if you don't balance out some of those things, and if you're not doing regular evaluations of yourself, whether personal or with a manager, uh, to kind of check those areas, then it can it can happen quicker than I think you even realize. Um, and you have to be, again, going back to the humility, be able to, you know, honestly look at and evaluate and make the adjustments that are necessary uh, to get it all back in order. Yeah, I challenge everyone to use that accountability mirror exercise we talked about last week yep. uh, with that wheel or just in general. Look yourself in the eyes. Ask yourself, am I a reliable person in each setting, you know, personal life at work with the other aspects, finance, whatever it is, relationships. It's a good drill to apply to this for sure. I think it, you know, it, it would help to have that conversation with yourself. Accountability is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Huge. JD, I'll put you on the spot here with yeah. just a, just a question. I'm open about, book. Obviously been pretty successful in sales in general. When it comes into reliability for yourself, what was the biggest change you made when you got into it to kind of take that step to, so that everyone knew they could go back to you mm-hmm. for no matter what car related thing came up? You know, for me, number one is do what you say you're going to do. You have to hold yourself accountable. If I tell you that I'm going to take out the trash and then the first time you see the trash hasn't been taken out, I become unreliable, right? It, yeah. Perception is reality, regardless of my intention is to take out the trash. Like I, yes, I'm a good person. I fully intend on getting the garbage out to the daggum curb, but it didn't happen. So perception, regardless of what my intentions were, become reality. So do what you say you'll do. Second, um, I've noticed in my life, because I'm probably the most ADD guy in this room right now. <laughs> I will promise you that. Um, tight race, though. <laughs> and, and we probably could measure that somehow. <laughs> but I would say that when I am organized, like you said, process. And this is process for life, process for the work that I do. When I'm organized, I'm more reliable. Because when I'm not organized, it's just chaos, right? Um, I would prefer chaoticness. Chaoticness. It's yes. chaoticness. <laughs> it's a, I'm an agent of chaoticness. <laughs> uh, but what that means is um, even though I have good intentions and I'm a good person and I, I have this um, inclination to really do all of these good things, if I'm not organized and they don't get done, then again, like the garbage I'm still perceived as unreliable. You can have all of the best intentions in the world, but if I'm not organized, I don't have that process in place. I don't have good routines. Then something's going to fall by the wayside. I'm going to drop the ball somewhere. And believe me, it's happened in my life. Like I, I won't blow smoke. Like I've been that person. And so the success came for me was when I became more organized and I had not only a 30,000 foot view of what I was doing, but a boots on the ground view of, how I was going to do it, um, then people knew that, oh no, you ask JD and he'll get it taken care of. Like it's not even, it doesn't, it becomes habitual. They're just, it's almost like their habit is, hey, if I ask JD to do this, he'll get it done. Yeah. You know, and so that, that, that has contributed a lot to my success is that organization. That's funny. Yeah. I think that's what you want in life is when someone says, hey, give it to, give it to Connor, give it to Zach, they'll get taken care of. Oh, kind yeah. of boost your ego a little bit, but you know, you, you want that. 
It's a great, that's you want one of that. the greatest feelings in life is being able to be that person people can count on. Yep. That's what we're kind of striving for at work and at home, you know? Right. Pretty important. I don't, I don't want my dad to say, you know, I love my kids, but there's that one son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't ever get him to do anything yeah. I ask him to. And then, you know what? My dad and mom are assured a place in heaven because they raised me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The work on that. Yeah. 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 It was work for generations. Yes. Right. No, and I think uh, that was, you know, talking about uh, grandparents. That was one of the, when I was younger, uh, my grandfather, my mom's dad, that was always the number one thing he said is I just wanted people at the end of the day, if it was, whether it was, you know, help moving or, you know, a cow got out, they live out in Manan, that they just thought of Bob Eames. And it's kind of something I wanted to carry into, into my life is that if, if there was an issue, if there's a problem or if they need help with whatever mundane task, uh, that they think of, hey, just call Zach. He he'll, yep. he's always willing to come over, help out, and 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 I think it carries obviously into the sales side. Is you don't want people that buy from you to ever think of anyone else after that point. Nope. Um, and they and at any point you want them to be able to tell their friends and family, like they're around at Thanksgiving talking about cars and oh, we got to look one for our daughter. It's her 16th birthday. I have someone over at Sayer that's going to take care of you and make sure you're in the right vehicle. Um, you know they're they're one of the best. And if you reach that point, that's when you truly have started to make it as a salesperson. And, and I think that's the kind of the culmination of where we always want to get to, both in personal life and in, in the professional life as well. Well said. Yep. Agreed. Well and, said. Any other examples or thoughts before we close it out? Uh, the one thing you made me think of was back in the day, you know, a handshake meant something. Um, my word is my bond. Yep. Yeah, right? Like, we shook hands on it. When we shake on it, like, what is your word worth now? Yeah. Right? If I give somebody my word, what does that actually mean? Because I feel like that that's something that has really eroded over the years of, you know, what it, what what do you actually stand for? Yeah. You know, what's your word worth? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, like, like well, I'll, I'll reference Tommy Boy. Right. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say yeah, it. Let's you can, hear it. You can take a dump in a box and you can mark it guaranteed. But all they've done is guaranteed that they sold you a guaranteed piece of crap. <laughs> right. Your word means something, guys. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. It does. I mean, I, I'll bring up when I, you know, when I got transferred over to Nissan, remember the first day I was there, Connie said, Hey, can you do this for me? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, no. Are you going to do this? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, this is what I've been doing for the last three years. Of course I'm going to do it. Like, but I realized that she had never worked with me. I've been here, you know, with the company for quite a while, but she had never actually seen me do what she asked me to do. And now it's just, Hey, can you take care of this for me? Or, Hey, do this. Hey, do this. And it's, she doesn't have to worry about anything. So. Yeah. I've, I've actually heard that from her. So I give you props there. Yeah. It's hard to earn Connie's it, trust. It's, it's you hard do have to deliver to, you know, show that you're reliable. Um, but once you earn it, like you said, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. Easy. They just trust you, and you get stuff done. It's cool. Yeah, and, and I just think it mistakes will happen. And I think mm -hmm. that the worst thing you can ever do if you drop the ball in a certain way is to begin to assign blame to anyone but yourself. That's a great point. Ultimately Ooh. responsible. Um, and so to make sure that if you do drop the ball, you take full ownership of it. You mm -hmm. you know let them know exactly what happened along the way. 
but that you're going to work until you have it fixed and so that they have a resolution because yep. it you're not perfect. We're not perfect. You know, you're going to do that, but you have to make sure that you write your wrong and that you fully own up to the, the pie in your face. Yep. Yeah. That's hundred percent still reliable to me. Yeah. If a person yeah. owns up and tries to fix what they did wrong, I don't care that they made a mistake. So that that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Zach. We all make mistakes. That reminds me of that poem, The Man in the Glass. I don't, I'm not familiar. Let's hear it. You want to hear it? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, Are you doing it in a impersonation? This, uh, <laughs> no. <I'm not. laughs> Donald Trump. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> no, uh, it, it goes, when you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. Or it isn't your brother or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. Some people may think you a straight-shooting chum and call you a wonderful guy, but the man in the glass thinks you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. He's the one to please never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear up to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous and difficult test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may fool the whole world, down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. Ooh, that's profound. That was, <laughs> that's funny. That's Perfect. accountability. Right Who's that? that uh, the, it's an unknown author. Really? Yep. I've wow. tried to the look man and look. The, glass. the man in the glass. It's an unknown author, but it's always stuck with me. I'm just going to attribute it to you. I think I've heard him say that like three times and it gives you chills every time. It does, so. man. That's strong. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think so. Is there any ending on that? Just any other thoughts? Or? I think that was a perfect close right yeah. there. Thanks, Great. JD. You're welcome. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> brother. You thanks for being out with us. Thanks for inviting me in off the street just to come in. Yeah. yeah. No, you're great. We just guys. found you walking around out yeah. there. Hey, just... Come here. We need an extra person. <laughs> <laughs> we got four mics. All four need to be Yeah. Filled, so. Have an expert in the house. You got to make them part of the deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, we're going to throw it over to Jaden. Talk about his success over at Nissan. Let's go, Jade. Cool. Now we're going to have our guest, Jaden Wenzel. He is a salesman over at our Nissan dealership. Uh, new to the team, and we just wanted to get to know him today and have him talk a little bit about his experience so far. Yeah. So. Um, well, yeah, like we said, my name is Jaden. Um, I'm from Fresno, California. I moved here um, probably a year and a half ago. Um, I started up working a couple of restaurants. I worked in mostly restaurants my entire life. Um, and uh, I started I'm at the country club for a while. I've seen you guys up there a yeah. couple of times. Um, but I, I started, you know, I kind of was thinking about, you know, living off of a living paycheck to paycheck and, and just being able to pay my bills. My, uh, the reason I moved here is my, my, uh, fiance is going to nursing school. Um, so I've been paying the bills and while she's going and doing that. So, um, you know, I was looking to make more money and I was looking to see, um, you know, I, I didn't graduate, uh, from college or anything like that. So I was looking for an avenue of where I could, you know, kind of experience more and make more money in this in this life as a young guy so um it's kind of how i started into the sales process but awesome how long have you lived here in idaho uh since i moved here in april of 21 um okay so she she's been going to school she's in she got two semesters left um at uh in her rn program and then she'll be 
should be done. So nice. Um, nice. My wife did that program. Yeah, so did she? She's a nurse. It's yeah. a tough one, man. Yeah. Yeah, it it's is tough. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So just right off the top, yes, thinking sir. about your your past experience, how do you think that your the skills you developed in restaurant yeah. business have translated oh, to to it's car huge. Sales? It's huge. Um, I'd say that uh, you know being able to 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 talk to anybody from any background of any and it and that just comes from sitting at a dinner table you know when when you're sitting at a dinner table conversation comes really easy to people mm -hmm. and just being able to pick and choose your spots where you want to you know uh touch base with them or you know you can even sit there and get to know them a little bit um that's helped me a lot in this in my sales because i think i think my you know there's a process to the sale is what i've learned in the short period of time that i've been here um but being able to just sit down and get to know somebody, you know, mm -hmm. people, people care about if, if you care, then, you know, it, the rest doesn't matter. They, if you can convince somebody or, you know, get somebody to realize that, that you actually care about who they are or what their needs are and what they, uh, their price, the range, you know, all those different things, um, that they'll, they'll let you in a little bit more. So, um, I kind of try to approach it where, um, I'm just, uh, I'm very, uh, caring towards the person empathetic right. yeah you know it, it matters to me that the person in front of me um gets a great experience with us so that's kind of how i i go about about my business that's the, kind of the base I like of, base yeah. of what i what i start on so you know i see it every day when he comes to work you know he that's probably his best trait he has is being able to talk to people creating a conversation just getting to know him and there's a lot of people who've come in and just absolutely love the kid I mean, he I just talks, that. and he <laughs> you'd think that he'd known the people for 10, 15 years, some of the people he talks to. doesn't matter if they're young or old. They all they all love them. Yeah, they and Connor, in your experience, you've sold cars for years yep. before you moved to finance. And one of the things I noticed coming into the business uh, originally is just how many existing relationships you'd had and maintained. And when yep. a certain person or shows up, they ask for your name. Yep. They want to deal with Connor yep. and they, you, you've took, taken the time to build that rapport. And I can definitely see those skills in you just meeting you at the country club. Jaden, you were always super friendly to, to my brothers and my dad and my, mm -hmm. myself. And yeah, when I saw you ended up at Nissan, I was like, this makes perfect sense for us because relationships really are key to this as we've talked about in prior weeks and having that empathy so I'm glad that you're seeing a, a translation there, building rapport. Maybe yeah. we should start serving food here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's the best setting. Do, hey, he does give everybody a water. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 That's true. Take that care of their true. basic needs and they'll buy from you, huh? Yeah. Well, cool. What do you think has been the most difficult part of, of car sales so far? What challenges have you seen? And um, The most difficult part? I would probably say, you know, it's the day-to-day -day grind. It's the It's the... When you first, you know, when you first are on Indeed and you put an application in and, and that's it's the commission part of, you know, not knowing. Um, but, you know, once once I realized that I could do it, you know, I got through my certifications um, and in the first I think in the first month I had about half a month and I sold six cars, yep. um, three in one day. Wow. And my first my first deal ever, I got three out in one day. Um, and that was my moment where I was like, you know what, I can do this. So. Um, I put my head down and then I think the next month I sold what, 10, maybe 11, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, wow, I just, I just, I've continued to grow and grow and grow. Um, but 
at first it was very scary. You know, you don't know, like, like I said, I, I committed to myself and my fiance that I was going to, you know, be able to pay our bills and, and not knowing where that money's going to come from. So, um, being successful, you know, it's, it's a lot easier when you feel success. It's a lot easier. Food tastes better. You know, waking up is easier. Everything is kind of, kind of comes a little bit easier when, uh, you find that success. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He's, he's uh very persistent. He comes in the work every day, goes Fo- through his leads, makes, a, makes his phone up. calls, does whatever he can, what <laughs> yeah. to do to sell a car that day. Nice. Yeah. The, the process is huge and just being reliable, uh, and just giving it a honest, full effort each day, playing the long game as well. Cause a lot of these things don't bring immediate results. No. And I think when you first think about sales, you just, you picture in your mind, or at least I did just kind of like people show up and they buy cars and it's pretty immediate commissions or whatever, you know, like you said, commission driven, but there is a long game to this for sure. And the guys I've seen succeed so far, uh, including Connor and some, uh, you know, the guys have been with us a long time. They've, they've put in the work for the long game, built those relationships. Mm -hmm. Good communication skills are key for sure. But absolutely. And you, I've, I've realized, you know, it could be a career. Like it is, exactly. it is as much as what you make it as it is anything else. Like you could, you could, you could be in this thing a really long time if you put your, you know, put your head down and work hard and continue to grow. So, yeah. Um, in the first four months of doing it, I've kind of realized that and committed fully. So, like I said, you asked me before we started if I was still at the club. I said no. You know, I, I'm all in, baby. So yeah, let's do it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Any other questions, comments? Uh, I don't know unless Jane has anything. I don't think so. I mean, I love, I love, you know, I've only been here four months, but I, I love this, uh, the group that we have here, um, the, the three stores, you know, the meetings that we have all the time and stuff. Uh, it's a really cool place to work, and I really appreciate you guys uh, for working with me and all the questions. I, I'm, I'm a question guy, you know. That's great. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never not asking questions. I'm never not uh, hassling these guys about, you know, maybe making an extra call or touching base with somebody else. So um, just the people here um, have really been great for me. So I appreciate all you guys, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. Appreciate you. You're a great asset to our team over there. So thank you. Yeah, we're excited to see what you do. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, man.